Culture Fit, everyone, where East meets West in the world of health and fitness across Asia. I'm Natalie Dow, a.k.a. Rockstar Arms, and with me today, as always, is the truly amazing sports scientist, Aaron Rowley. We've got to move past the truly amazing. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Uh, Today, we have a truly inspirational person that we're speaking to. You may not have heard of Deanna Blegg, but after hearing her story, I'm sure you're going to want to Google her and find out more. Deanna personifies what it means to be faced with adversity and overcome it to achieve amazing things. Imagine having HIV at 23, and then you go on to discover that you have aggressive breast cancer later on in life. That's enough to make most people want to give up on life. But instead, Deanna has gone on to become one of the top obstacle racers around the world across all age groups. Deanna, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Nat, and thank you, Erin. Thanks, Deanna. Let's start from the beginning, if that's okay, and and set the scene for your journey. So if we go back to maybe age 23, uh, when you discovered that you had HIV, I mean, how did you cope with being told that news at the time, you know, as, as someone so young? So at the age of 23, well, actually a little bit earlier, I, um, I decided I wanted to see the world and experience different cultures and different lifestyles and just see, you know, I'd grown up in Australia and three, I was one of three kids and um, had an awesome childhood, but I just wanted to see what was out there. So um, I started traveling and I, it took me to um, Nepal, India, and then I went across to England, traveled around Europe a bit, and then I uh, met my best friend and headed down to Africa. I was there for six months um, and got pretty sick, so then I headed back to England. So I'd, I'd been, I guess by the time I got back to England, I'd been sick for about six weeks and had uh, lost about 20 kilos of weight and was in a really, really poor state. So prior to that, I was a you know strong, fit, healthy, athletic person, and then I'd seen my body sort of waste away. Um, so I went to the doctors to get, I, I just pretty much tested for everything because I'd been traveling, you know, probably about nearly a year by that stage. And um, I requested a HIV test and I didn't, you know, I was one of, like most people, something that I thought would never happen to me, but I just wanted to say, yeah, I've had the test and it's all good. Um, but by the time I came back, um, actually the next day they called me and I had malaria and pneumonia and I've spent a couple of weeks in the tropical disease hospital. So uh, that was back in the days when we didn't have internet, <laughs> didn't have phones, so I was pretty alone in a very foreign place and I had a lot of time to think. And that's when, like, HIV, I started thinking about HIV and AIDS and um, I thought because I'd wasted so much and was so sick, I just thought I must have it. So I went to get my HIV result thinking that I must be HIV positive and I walked in, doctor sat me down and told me the test result was positive. Um, and even though I'd gone in with that prepared mindset, I, I still, it, the news blew me away. Like it's, it was an immediate deflation of everything that I was and everything that I'd hoped, sort of just deflated out of me. And, um, yeah, I just, my life took a very, very sharp turn from there. I mean, and being all alone at the time, you know, over in a foreign country couldn't have been yep. easy. Yeah, no, it was um, 
I, I, you know, I spoke about how do I tell my parents and they said, well, we'll wait till you get back to Australia mm -hmm. to tell them so they can see you and they can, you know, they don't have to worry. Uh, but I wasn't prepared to go back to Australia yet. I just thought, man, I, uh, I might make five years, so I want to keep travelling and I want to get the most out of my life. So um, it was something I kind of, I just thought, there was no medication around at the time. I just thought, well, it's quality, not quantity, so I just want to keep doing what I'm doing and then I'll come back to Australia to pretty much die. And then, um, so from there, when did they start to have the... Um the, uh, the drugs, the retrovirals, and it's called. Antiretrovirals, yeah. I um, continued travelling till I was about 25 yeah. and um, then headed on home due to another incident that happened while travelling. Um, so, yeah, when I got home, it was in a, it was a pretty, pretty bad time in my travelling life and uh, I just need the security of my family. But, you know, that also meant, uh, yeah, telling them about the st my HIV, uh, which is never fun. My parents were awesome and very supportive. Um, so that was in 1995. And the medication, I, I my health from there through to 1996 deteriorated very, very quickly. And um, I guess I was what known as a what's known as a fast progressor. So from infection to and two years later, I had an AIDS an AIDS defining illness. Mm. And um, the doctors weren't didn't have a really bright future for me. That you know they just kind of said, well, once you've got this, it's like people last about six months. Mm -hmm. um, so fortunately for me, in that six months, we had um, the medications for HIV became available in Australia, mm -hmm. and yeah, they. That's why I'm here today. And then Deanna, with the with the medication you were taking. Um I mean, clearly the immune system was compromised, right? So there was no exercise at all in that time you were travelling or when you got back. Um, yeah. How long did it take until you started to feel good and you could you could get into some exercise after um, after the drugs kicked in? So the medication kind of kicked in. They're, they're very, very horrible medications to take back then and the side effects were massive. So... You know, I was never feeling great, but what I did feel was that I had a chance at life. Yeah. So that's when I decided I'd like to fight. You know, prior to prior to that, I just thought, well, I'll just live each day, just doing what I'm doing. But I won't, like, I won't get a job because it's no use. I won't find a, you know, find a boyfriend or make a family. Or I just didn't want to pursue anything because I didn't know. You know, I just thought, well, it's useless to do that if I'm only got it like a year or two years to live. Mm. So once I started taking the medication, I started to think, hey, there's a chance that, you know, that my immune picked up and my energy picked up. And I thought there's a chance that I can have a shot at life and I can achieve some things. So I guess my main driver was I didn't want to get to, if I made it to 60, I didn't want to get to 60 and go, man, I've just wasted my life. And HIV was the reason for that. So I just started looking at what I wanted and I just thought, well, you know, it'd be awesome to have a family, kids, what else, a career, um, I'd like to pursue sport. Um, and they sort of happened and there was, you know, other things on my little list of things to do. But, um, yeah, so they sort of happened in that in that sort of um, – I first had a family mm. um, and developed my career, which was personal training. And it wasn't until sort of – I was about 34, 35 that I decided that I'd 
you know, see how my body went with sport. So that was, you know, I still had six or seven years on the medication before actually actively mm. seeing what my body could do. And then how, so how did you get into personal training, changing the direction there a little bit? Um, yeah, so what, what happened was uh, after my first child was born, I um, came off my HIV medication because I thought I didn't need it anymore, um, which was, you know, I did need it and I found it very quickly <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> Because the medication um, now pushes the um, pushes the load down so low that it's not even testable, is it? The, oh, at the moment, yeah, now it does. Yeah. But um, you know, back then it was still a lot of trial and error, and they didn't know they didn't know what the medication was doing. They, you know, at the counts undetectable back then was a count under a thousand, whereas undetectable now is under twenty. So wow, you know, they yeah, they don't know. Like I could have been under twenty back then, but they couldn't test it. But mm. I um, you know still pretty young and invincible, just didn't think I needed it. So I came off the medication, but I got pretty sick pretty quick and I went back on and I went on a different type of medication. With with HIV, there's so many different combinations of medications to take yep. um, and they like to mix it up. So they put me on something different, but that caused um, – it crossed, this particular medication crossed the blood-brain barrier mm. and it caused like crazy dreams. It, it causes psychosis, depression and a whole list of other mental sort of disorders. So I was, you know, probably my daughter by then was eight months old um, and then, like, I might have had postnatal depression as well, topped off with that medication. I just went crazy. Mm -hmm. not, not really crazy, but I just, you know, I, I, I pretty much went into a really bad depression, ha hated being alive and was in a bad place. And the only thing that was keeping me alive was my daughter because I needed to be a mother for her. So um, anyway, moving on from that, what, what made me change to personal training? I, um, I moved into the city and I kept band-aiding my life like I needed to feel good. So I started jumping out of airplanes and skydiving and, you know, just doing crazy <laughs> things to try and feel the <laughs> adrenaline, feel a buzz for life. Um, and that was all band-aids, but, um, you know, I didn't know at the time. Anyway, uh, another friend of mine had, was off medication she was looking amazing. I just said to her, what, what are you doing? And she says, oh, I go and see this personal trainer. He knows about the HIV. He's awesome. Um, and I just said, give me his number. And that's – I started becoming personally trained. And it was that from that time that when you, when you train and lift weights and become strong, you get an inner strength that you know you can fight a little harder or, you know, you can give – it's not just the medication. I thought, no, it's not just the medication now. I can, I can, you know, fight this virus with my body as well. And the, the effects within a year of personal training, my immune health went from around 400 up to 1,400. Mm. And, you know, all the percentages increased and my health bloomed. And I just thought, this is crazy good, but people have got to know about this. So I did a personal training course and then I started training other people living with HIV. Mm. Um, who also got, you know, similar, not, not as an extreme results, but similar um, results. Um, so that's, that's how my personal training career started. Uh, and are you still um, personal training now? I do online coaching. So good. So, so if anyone wants help, yes, yeah, <laughs> you are available. <laughs> yes, I am. The, I, it's called Blank Fit and um, I, I, feel, I guess my philosophy is to be fit for anything. So whatever's thrown at you in life, you can be fit and, be, you know, 
and be ready for it. So I train um, obstacle races, triathletes, adventure races, runners, cyclists, just a whole range of athletes for all different sort of things, yeah. And then was it during that personal training time that you found obstacle racing? How did you come across uh, that? So I trained um, a, a, a client came to me. She was 120 kilos and she said, I want to run a marathon. So I trained her and um, assisted her with her food, coaching and all sort of that. Uh, and she dropped 60 kilos and ran a marathon. And I ran beside her. Like I did all her long runs with her. And then in this marathon, I ran beside her for that distance. And when she finished, just to see her elation and her uh, just her, her family just were, you know, so supportive and she was just so proud of what she had achieved. And I thought, I want a piece of that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do something for myself so I could, you know, I could be proud of what I've achieved. You know, I was still I was keeping fit and I was getting, you know, trained and still training and all that sort of stuff, but it was nothing. I wasn't competing or anything because I was a little bit scared to take that next step. But that training this lady and um just going through that whole process with her just made me go, no, I need to, I need to go further. So that's that's what kickstarted it. And my first um, event was an adventure race. So adventure racing is uh, swimming, mountain biking, paddling, and running. Um, yeah. So that's not pick an easy one to start with. Let's no. just de- <laughs> jump in the defense straight away for a challenge. But, yeah, it ended up being like a six-hour event. But oh, you know, when I, I saw a um, a flyer for it and I went oh, I'm going to win this race hmm. so I didn't I still thought I was 20 and this is like 30 <laughs> 35 by now 36 yeah. and, I, and I didn't think I needed to train for it and I <laughs> I got through it but it was pretty hard work um, but it just it, it fueled a fire that had died in me and um, that was my turning point and the year when I the year later when I came back and competed I won it um, and from then I've been adventure racing all around the world for like it was for another seven years. I was adventure racing in Australian teams around the world. It was just an amazing life. It was pretty cool. Um, and that's that's when I first, in 2011, um, where I, when I was still racing, um, I heard of Tough Mudders and obstacle races and that sort of stuff. So that pricked my ears up and off I ran with that. So Deanna, when um, when you started training, you were just training in a gym with the the trainer, and then that's right, uh, that's right, yeah, just uh, like the, the old school uh, lifting stuff we were doing back in the um, back in the early nineties <laughs> there, or all the machine based training and everything. Did that? Uh, uh, yep, sorry, go. sorry, yep. You, you oh, go. I was going to say, how did that transfer over for your first um, uh, obstacle race there? Because it can't have been too much of a. a the, the, the training wasn't really similar to what we know now on how to train for these sort of things. Yeah, sure. So the, the classic training I was doing, I was doing a bit of powerlifting training um, and, then, yeah, just general sort of stuff. But it makes you strong, mm, yeah, that sort sure. of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't on little machines. Like I was deadlifting, bench pressing, pressing squatting, yeah. um, plyometric work. My, my coach yeah. was really good yeah. and he got me – he got me fit in a lot of aspects and a lot of, you know, different ways. Yep. Um, how did it transfer on? It gave me uh, 
a, a different sort of a strength. So mm-hmm. I, you know, for the adventure race, I started my own running and mountain biking and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And it just transfers over for any sort of endurance event. If you've got like this inner strength in your muscles, right. it, I don't know, just, I think it makes you just... Do you think maybe with you, you're a little bit mentally strong as well? That's what's pushing you through the, uh, the situation. Because especially with those uh, longer events, right, it's more, uh, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, obviously your body has to be strong and you have to be fit, but there, it's a mental game as well, right? There must be a lot of times being like, oh, do I really want to keep going? Oh, this is starting to hurt. So I think yeah. a strong person like you can just go, oh, I think we can do this. Um, or like Nat, I just want to beat the person in front of me, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do have a really good mental strength as well. I, I think it's – I don't know whether it's so much strength, but it's an ability to turn off. Yeah. 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 So uh, rather than letting the voices in my head chat, I turn them off. Mm. Um, and I just – I go inside what I'd, I'd class as a little bubble and I don't – look beyond that bubble. So, you know, for the, a 24-hour event, it's just like one step at a time. Um, you know, I don't think, oh, my God, I've done eight hours, I've got another 24 hours to go. Like, I just keep it sure, I goals. keep present in the moment yeah. and I don't let the voices talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're racing around the world, you're, you know, doing winning stuff, you're doing amazingly well, you've got two beautiful children. Um and then a bombshell drops of you've got aggressive breast cancer. Was there a why the hell me moment <laughs> in that? Um, so I was living the dream for sure. I just, you know, woke up every day and thought, I can't believe my life. Like I'm, you know, 46 and 47 and, yeah. Kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought I would never have believed this, even like, HIV or no HIV, like I wouldn't have believed that this could be my life. So I was, you know, I just, every day was an awesome day. And, yeah, then I uh, got the bombshell, got breast cancer, and it's a type 3, uh, grade 3 aggressive invasive. Uh, I, I started Googling what that was and then I I turned the computer off and I didn't ever Google again because, you know, it's like, you know, when you feed your brain with too much, it, it starts creating its own stories. Yeah, yeah. So um, I turned the computer off and didn't research any further. But what I told myself was everyone's story doesn't have to be my story. Or, you know, I, I can create my own story. And Lance was an awesome, um, Lance Armstrong, because yeah. he had really, like, really shocking cancer and he went through really horrid treatment and he yeah. came out the other end as a very, very awesomely extreme athlete so you know I just thought if Lance can do it I can do it Um, but back to that the time I I found out um I kind of not that I laughed but I was just like oh my god is there anything (laughs) what else yeah sort of um it was never a why me this isn't fair you know blah 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 it was more you know jeepers (laughs) all right I've got this what am I going to do to get through it? Um, and I had some great advice from a lady who just recently gone through breast cancer. She said, just take a year. She said, it's going to take a year out of your life. Accept it and know that it will pass. And she said, you, you know, whatever you choose, you've got to go through the motions of it. But um, it will pass, she said. So that was really good advice. I just thought, well, 
well, you know, what's a year in 48 years? It's not really much. It's kind of just a blip. So I just, all right. I thought, well, I chose to go through chemo and radiation. Um, And I just, you know, I didn't fight that either. I just accepted it as this is my choice and I'll go through the process and do what I need to do or what the doctors think I need to do and get that all done. And then after that, I'll rebuild myself. Um, and my, my goal was to re- rebuild myself a stronger, healthier, fitter and wiser version. And, yeah, which I think, you know, you've done. And, and part of that journey was also, I'm gathering, turning vegan as part of your recovery. Is that right? Yeah, so... Was that I, the catalyst? Uh, sorry? Was the cancer the catalyst for, um, for turning to veganism? Because a lot of people do do tend to move more towards a plant-based diet um, after they have a, have a, a cancer scare. That's right, yeah. So after going through, uh, when I was diagnosed, I, you know, I had a pretty good diet, but I was a meat eater. Mm. Um, I, had, I had like a meat every day, at some t- you know, sometimes lunch and dinner, sometimes, you know, animals, animal protein, breakfast, lunch and dinner. So... Whilst I ate a lot of plants and vegetables and fruits around it, I still was a heavy meat eater. Um, and even through chemo, I was still eating meat. But after chemo, I I was just, I was just, I don't know how to explain how you feel after chemo, but whew, I was alive but not alive. And I went to a, an integrative doctor and I, I walked in, I said, I do not ever want to go and have chemo again, um, what do I need to do? Yeah, so I, I went in, I said, I don't want that ever again, what do I need to do? And she says, these are three things. You need to stop eating animal products. Yeah, I've got to stop eating processed food and you've got to stop eating sugars. So from that day onwards, I pretty much stopped all of the above. I, I Like I have a bit of soy milk or rice milk or that sort of stuff, but everything else is made from scratch. Uh, I don't eat animal products except for honey because it's not – I like honey. <laughs> <laughs> I like to meat too, but that's like a protein, whereas honey's yeah. – there's a lot of good stuff in honey. And I know, you know, if I was an ethical vegan, you shouldn't mm-hmm. eat honey either. But I I don't use any gels or any other things when I race, so I need to find a really high sugar source and honey is my go-to. And, Deanna, so how long have you been vegan for now? I'd like to say about a year. Oh, okay. And have you noticed uh, like a blip in performance or is it hard to tell? Or I, I have noticed so much yeah. um, positive. Um, firstly, um, a mental state of mind is I'm not so up and down. It's, it's a, a higher constant, if that makes sense. So there's no highs, lows, high, low, happy, sads. It's just kind of I'm kind of on a really good energy and it's above what my old energy used to be. Yeah. Um, as an older athlete, I used to wake up in the morning and get out of bed and sort of hobble and creak and groan for about 30 minutes before I all warmed up and then I could be no- walk normally. Uh, that's totally gone, all those creaky, you know, I, I just get out of bed, I feel amazing. Um, I'd had chronic tendinopathy for four years, that's gone. So you think, it, you think it's reduced, wait, uh, reduced a lot of inflammation in your body? Um, get going vegan, and then that you and you really feel the performance is like night and day with, it, with oh. the, taking the meat out. 
Oh, crazy. My performance and my recovery. I'm noticing, like, my performance is good. Yeah. And and I had, like, this year I've just competed at the World's Toughest Mudder, and whilst my placing wasn't the best I've ever had, my actual race and the distance I covered and my recovery was the best I've ever had. And, like, I'm talking, I'm, like, 48 now. I first raced that race when I was 42. Um, yeah, so to be another uh, six years older, have gone through chemo and radiation, like I finished my cancer treatment 10 months ago, like to have done that and then have my best race, I, I totally put it down to my nutrition. And, and let's just clarify, we're just saying you're not having a good race. You came fourth female overall across all <laughs> age groups. So, uh, yeah, still uh, above what 99.9% of the population would ever achieve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. And, and I, I, I don't know, I think, I think I finished in the top 15. I think I was 11th, but I don't know whether the, it's adjusted since, but that was 11th outright at men and women. And, and just just so people know what World's Toughest Mudder involves, I mean, it is the best, uh, you know, trail, there's amazing trail runners, there's amazing obstacle runners, like it is the best of the best and it's a 24-hour race just outside of Vegas. Um, how many miles did you do, you know, over that 24 hours? Well, officially I did 80 miles. However, I hadn't done enough um, upper body strength training and um, I... I failed a lot of the upper body activities, so I, did, I think I popped another twenty miles in there on penalties. So it would be a hundred miles all up. And there's and you know for people that don't know the race again, there's obstacles all the way around. You're jumping off basically cliffs into water. I mean, it goes from <laughs> Vegas heat to freezing at night. So yeah. what you have to deal with is just uh, is just crazy stuff. Yeah. Not for the faint-hearted. Uh, t- uh, the, yeah, the, it's the epitome of obstacle racing in the world. Um, so, you know, turning vegan has inspired you to try and share that story with other people now, and I believe you are launching your own book. That's right, yes. Um, myself and my friend Amanda Seidel, um, uh, we're just in the final phases of putting a four-week um, guide on how to change your life to or change your food to plant-based whole foods or vegan otherwise known as vegan um, and it's called veganize me now and uh, the motivation for this was um, because you know because I was eating plant-based whole food people are going where you get your protein from where do you get your protein from mm. and I I got over that pretty quick and I just I did you know, like collect <laughs> I flexed my muscles a bit, took a few photos and said, you know, pretty much on plant-based whole foods, um, I get enough protein because, you know, my muscles are sort of bulging out of themselves. So, and then I got so many messages, oh my gosh, what are you doing? How do you, you know, what, what does your day look like? Um, can, you know, I want to eat the same as you. And I just, and I like to, to, to answer people, but it was just, you know, too much. So I just said to my friend Amanda, who's, um, she had a program called Healthy Mums and she's um, created a few t- um, superfoods called Turbo Superfoods. Uh, she's very passionate about health and wellness. Um, so I said, look, let's let's put a book together and, you know, we can answer everyone's questions all at once. So that's what we've done. It's called Veganize Me Now. You can find it on www.veganizemenow.com. Um, and I imagine all going well next week it, it will be released. It's an e-book. 
Awesome. So we'll put a link in uh, for everyone as well who who wants to click back to it. So you've written a book now. Now, physically or challenge wise, what's uh, what's next for you? What what else is there left to do? <laughs> well, um, I was approached last year by another lady that um, I'd raced with in adventure racing uh, called Frankie Saunders, and she'd gone through breast cancer probably six months before I did. And she approached me, um, there's a race over in New Zealand called God Zone. Um, it's a expedition-style adventure race, which means it's sort of you, you start and you've got, you've got a certain distance to cover and some teams do it in six days, some teams do it in ten days. And she said, do you want to put a, a group of women that have gone through breast cancer together and do this event? So, you know jumped on it and said, this sounds amazing. Um, so we've called, uh, the team's called Women Women Beyond Cancer and we've just found ourselves like a, a sponsor to cover our entry, entry fee, which was awesome. It's uh, New Zealand Home Loans. Um, yeah, so we're, we're in 1st of March going to um, go to the fjord lands of New Zealand and travel by foot and by bike and by boat for 10 days on awesome. an adventure race. Wow. Yeah, what a great place to do it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and back at World's Toughest Mudder for you next year? Well, that's a good question. I, I would love to go back. However, I've got another another thing I'd like to do that um, I've been talking about for a long time but I've never really made the commitment and this time I think I'm going to. I do a bit of CrossFit in the background and um, there's the Reebok CrossFit Games over in um, America in July and I want to qualify for them and represent Australia in the the team, the Masters team um, in 2019. So like uh, endurance racing and CrossFit don't complement each other. So I have to um, focus one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after this adventure race, um, I'm going to switch to CrossFit and be uh, a CrossFit athlete and do what my coach says and not do <laughs> sneaky runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's good. We can we can talk to you in a year's time and see how that uh, that training's going too. What, what training do you yeah, enjoy more? Because the training's fine. because the training's so different. You, you you still enjoy both of them or? Oh, I love CrossFit oh, wow. and I love running and I love endurance. Um, but, you know, it's... So everything it's, really. Once again, sorry? So you love everything really to do with exercise, <laughs> basically. As long as you can mix it up and keep it varied up, yeah. I think that's why I love adventure racing because there's so many aspects and an obstacle of racing as well. Mm. Um, so once again, it's a year and a half and it, that, like that process to get there will be about a year and a half. So it's... I will just switch what I do for a year and a half. It's just another chapter. Yeah. So I'll, I'll follow that chapter and then see what happens after that. Awesome. So what's your favourite item in your gym bag? My asthma pump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use it all that often, but when I need it, it's, it's vital. Oh, cool. And favourite brands uh, that you train in for shoes and clothing? Sure. So I, I swear by Innovate. I've got um, Innovate CrossFit shoes, Innovate uh, Obstacle Racing shoes and Innovate Adventure Racing shoes um, and that, they just make such an awesome range so they cover all bases for me. 
and clothing. Um, I, I love Skins Performance Recovery. Also, Innovate make a great range of clothing. And I've just um, trialled these Lululemon Naked Sensation running tights, and they're pretty amazing. They're uh, I, I'll be. It's a shame it's summer now because they're a winter. Well, these long ones are for winter, so I'll look forward to winter when I can pop them on again. Okay, and then what's the one thing you can't live without? Oh, can I have two? Yes, you can have two. <laughs> of course you can. Uh, so um, apart from my fruits and veggies, I do I take um, a performance and recovery powder called tur- Turbo Superfoods, and I do love my honey when I'm racing. That's my race fuel. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gianna. It's been uh, It's been amazing and inspiring talking to you. So... Uh, we look forward to reading the book, which we'll uh, have a link to for you. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure everyone's going to be following your journey as you adventure race and then qualify for the CrossFit Games in 2019. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much, Nat. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. That's another episode of Culture Fit signing off for this week. Thank you.